Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, John Cooler. Hello, Mustang fans, and welcome to another Ford Performance Edition of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm your host, John Clore, and as the Enthusiast Communications Manager for Ford Performance, I hope that you are reading my efforts in the Enthusiast section of FordPerformance.com every week. And as always, my co-host is none other than Mustang hobby guru Mike Ray, who also happens to be the president of Moxham, which is the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan, one of the largest and most active of its kind in North America. Mike, tonight, you've again cherry-picked a very special guest from your world-class automotive contacts list to feature someone <laughs> whom you both not only know, but someone you've actually worked for at one time. Yep. Amy was my boss, and I was very fortunate to spend some time with her and learned a ton. And let's just say we clicked right from day one for meeting, and uh, I am just honored and I, I treasure that I got a chance to meet her, work for her, and um, it has just been such a great learning experience. And I can't say enough great things about Amy. Well, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, here's a name that many of you know because she's played so many major roles for the likes of Celine and Shelby, plus Mattel Hot Wheels and even West Coast Customs. Of course, I'm talking about executive, automotive executive extraordinaire, Amy Boylan. Amy, welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. We're so happy to have you. Oh, thank you. It's uh, great to be here. Well, you know, you, you could be a million other places, but we just, I don't know what Mike slipped you, if it was cash, uh, you know, one of those gift credit cards, one of those little debit cards that he sent you. I don't know how we got your time tonight, because you're, you know, I thought, Amy, after a while, you'd start saying, you know, I'll take this stuff little by little, and, uh, but now you're, I don't know how you stay so busy, but that's why you're so forever young. I am so appreciative of your time tonight, and we want to just catch up with you of all the great things that, you know, the, the fun stuff that you had, plus find, try to find out what you're dabbling in now, because the rumor is you're always up to something. <laughs> well, I honestly, you know, I mean, you guys know me a long time. I have trouble sitting still. So <laughs> I, I know I'm nearing somewhere down the line retirement age, but for me, I don't really see retirement age coming for decades because I really love everything I've always done and I love to continue to work and meet people and hang out with people I know and love and um you know you guys I know both of you wow so long <laughs> through we'll all say my that careers, out loud <laughs> you know, I mean through all my careers you guys have always been there yeah so um you know, I'm very proud of the relationships. I think most of all, the jobs, you know, look, the jobs, the titles, it's all been great. But the relationships to me are what will last me a lifetime. Okay. And, yep. and that means the most. You know, Mike, do you remember the first time you ever met Amy Boylan? I absolutely do. It was um, at Barrett Jackson and um, she was coming down from the Ford Skybox and um, I got a chance to meet her there and talked to her and I, you know, I, I had talked to her on the phone before, you know, during the 50th, John, when me and you were playing the Mustang here. Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Banquet. 
as we were trying to get Amy in the tennis to be one of the heroes. Mm-hmm. But Amy had something going on that day, a conflict, and uh, she couldn't make it. But of course the first she time did. I'd ever spoken to her was for the 50th. <laughs> but but the first time I met her in person was at Barrett Jackson. And uh, let's just say the rest is history. Yeah, that's, that's true. And I remember that exact moment. I was at the top of the stairs, and yep. he was down below. And we stopped and had a conversation. Yep. And, and we took our first picture, John. That's right. Of her, <laughs> now, so, Amy, did you have any? I mean, Mike has been called things like the master connector, or whatever. I mean, <laughs> sounds like something in a video game. But, right. but, but as you know, he loves to photobomb, especially. I mean, we're gonna, <laughs> you're going to use a photobomb picture of you and Mike for this podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> John, I got to share this story real quick. Okay. Before, before I started at um, Celine, when Amy hired me, we were talking, me and her, almost every night. And um, she was asking me if I knew certain people and things like that. And right, Amy, I must have sent you 200 pictures of me with everybody you were asking Oh, yeah. I was like... She's like, holy Moses. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because people always say to me, oh, you must have, you know, a thousand photos and rooms of memorabilia and... And I say, you know, I don't. I have photos of people that matter to me and who who are lifelong connections. And whether that's, you know, Hot Wheels or Shelby or whatever. Um, and then, you know, most of the memorabilia I've ever gotten, whether it was Hot Wheels, Shelby or um, Celine, most of it, I would say, 99% of it, I either A, gave away, or B, donated for charity yeah. to the Tolingua event so they could raise money to send people to college and also for the emergency um, the emergency crew that uh, services the town of Tolingua. So I don't. I mean, for me, the memories are in the people that I've met. So that's more important. But Mike, Mike has a million photos. <laughs> I'm, I'm stunned. I am stunned. I, you know, Amy, I'm one of those people uh, when I meet someone, I, you know, I'm so genuinely happy, but I rarely have, I just don't, for whatever reason, take a photo. And whenever I mention someone to Mike, hey, Mike, I, do you know so-and-so? And of course, the answer is, oh, of course I do. And then here comes the phone. And then here's the picture. <laughs> oh, I know. You know, I I will tell you guys one story, though, because I had met a guy who was all about Shelby and Celine. Okay, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to mention who he is because there are other people that know him, but he probably has a hundred cars between the two brands. Okay, and he was like, I knew Carol Shelby and. I don't even see you mentioned. So you really didn't really know him, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I I was like, wow, wow. Dude, do do you even, you know, I don't really say this much, but sometimes I have to say, have you Googled me? You know? (laughs) But so finally I couldn't take any more because the guy called me about uh, some project. And I said, okay, look, you're asking me for help, but you're not listening to me. So let me just hold on a second. And I like texted him like 30 pictures of me and Carol. And, me, <laughs> and he was like, whoa, you really knew Carol. 
I said, dude, I was trying to tell you I worked for him for six years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so you too. That's the way you operate. Well, I remember, Mike, when um, we were at SVT. And, uh, of course, we were going through that um, transition where uh, Neil Ressler and and Bob Rui had retired. And there was a big uh, shakeup at at the top. And we started seeing um, Etzel Ford coming around the office. And then the rumor was that Carol Shelby was coming into the office. And, of course, we were working on the 2006 SVT Mustang Cobra. And before everybody starts calling the podcast, John, how stupid can you be? There was no such thing as a 2006 SVT Mustang Cobra. No, but it did become the 2007 Shelby GT500. And I remember when the whole team from Shelby American came in and here came Amy. And I thought, this is something, <laughs> something's going on. <laughs> Amy's the president over there. And I saw, and then you walked in, Amy, and we started chatting. And of course, I remembered you from Auto Week. And from your time at Mattel, because I would, uh-huh. I would write story. And you, you know, I love you for many things. One of those things you, that you did, you cost me a lot of money after I start registering, going online and buying my Hot Wheels online. Thanks a lot. <laughs> that really Sorry, caused I- that caused so many tubs of extra things in my storage room. <laughs> but <laughs> when you said to me, Amy, oh, I, hi, John. You, you, I don't know if you remember me from Auto Week, but you were, said you know, how long you've been at Ford? And I said, you know, I've been here since 95. And you said, you know, I've been, I've sold more cars than Ford Motor Company. And that's why I thought, what are you talking about? You're with Shelby. Then I went, wait a minute. You're talking about Hot Wheels. No fair. <laughs> and we had so much fun. And Amy, there was a lot of interaction there uh, between first between old, old Shell and Etzel. And then uh, when uh, Carol came back and we launched that, that first GT500. And then all the times you guys came back after, um, even after John Coletti left, and we got um, we got um, uh, Tom uh, Tom in there as our marketing manager, and you came back, and so many times you did so many things with the Shelby GT, and we got to go to lunch with you guys. It was just a yeah. how much fun we had with. I, okay. I gotta, I yep. gotta tell you, working with you and and uh, Robert Parker and all the guys in design. And and even Etzel, because, you know, Etzel used to come down to Shelby in Vegas. And, um, I, you know, look, it's always hard being a little company working with a big company. Mm-hmm. But I was always extremely thankful. So if people aren't sure I was extremely thankful, I'm saying it now. I was always extremely thankful for a big entity like Ford to help us you know, rebuild Carol's legacy and make it what it was right before he passed away. I mean, it would have been so difficult if, you know, Robert Parker didn't go out of his way to, and Etzel approve it all, to help us get the Hertz deal. And then the Shelby GT. And then, you know, even, even doing the KRs and, and, I mean, it really was, and you know, Ford Racing. So Ford sure. Racing, making sure we had the right parts and everything was tested and sending engineers to Shelby to help us. I mean, it was a huge undertaking. And we ended up doing, I think, from 06 to when, you know, when I left end of 2010, 
I think we did almost 9,000 cars. Yeah. Oh, that was, it was an incredible run. And now, Mike, you were, were you the one that said the reason Amy left because she didn't like the new taillights? <laughs> no. <laughs> Where's Rob Gilardi? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. No, no. But Amy, that was a heck of a run. And of course, you know, people, your, your business is kind of brand building. And, you know, people, I don't know exactly. I mean, I'm sure in your neck of the woods there on the left coast, um, I mean, because of your work with West Coast Customs, um, you know, they, they all knew that that's what you do, uh, but, and your connections were helpful, but you, Mike, don't you agree? There's some kind of a, I mean, Amy's got some kind of like a, she's very magnetic, has this uh, personality that she's, I mean, she's just got her eye on stuff and you always know that she's going to say something because she's one step ahead of the conversation. You ever get that feeling talking to her? Absolutely. And you know, what even makes it more new, unique, especially in the industry an industry full of guys and she's a woman and she hung with all the best of the guys there is so i mean that speaks volumes right well i appreciate that very much i mean i i always like to believe that you know for me it's never been about um and i think i've said this before you know my dad always said to me when i was younger and I worked for him when I wasn't in school. And he would say, and he worked me very hard. And he used to say, look, you have to always work hard, harder than everybody else, because you're a woman. That's what he, he would say that to me when I was 16. Wow. And he would say, they're not going to respect you and me because you're a woman. He said, the other thing is, you have to take care of your staff. It's job one. And you have to take care of your customers it's job one and you have to take care of your boss and your company it's job one and he'd say if there's anything left it's yours (laughs) he said and it might take you longer to climb (laughs) ladder whatever ladder you choose but when you get there you'll stay there and he was right he was right my dad was a big customer service guy he always took care of his employees before he took care of his family. Well, how did he how did he tune you into the car world? Was that just something natural for you? Well, you know, it was funny. Uh, I was 11 years old, maybe 10 and a half, 11. I can't remember. And my dad, my dad was a very, he was a frugal guy. He never did anything for himself. But every every dollar he made went to the family. And my mom, growing up, I swear to God, this is a this will date me. But the truth was, she was like Donna Reed. She was the neighborhood <laughs> mom, right? I mean, you know, all the kids, the parents would throw them out of the house and say, go out and play. And in the wintertime, my mom would say, Carl, bring all your friends over. I'll make them soup and sandwiches. And so she was the best. But when in 1968 my dad ordered his first new car that i can remember and i was 11 years old until then we had a 57 belvedere white and gold wow with the record player wow and it was in mint condition and i didn't really appreciate that car until years later but he went to the Chevy dealer with my mom and she wanted 
So first, my dad, you'll love this story. There was me and my sister, and we went to the Chevy dealer. And my dad wanted the, it was like Kelly Green Camaro, right? <laughs> right. And it was a, it was a super sport. And um, my mom, so we get in the back seat, and you know, in 68 Camaros, there is no back seat. <laughs> and my mother says, you can't put the kids in the back seat, Ray. That's what she says. And so the the sales guy doesn't want to lose the sales. So he says, well, how about the Chevelle, the Malibu? Mm -hmm. And my dad goes, I don't like the Malibu. So the oh. guy goes, well, how about a Chevelle? So sure enough, my mom demands that it's red with a vinyl top. And they end up getting a 68 Chevelle SS396. Oh, man. <laughs> In 1968. And so my dad now says to my mom, you do realize that the vinyl top is an extra $150. <laughs> but she doesn't care. She wants it. And she's going to drive it to the supermarket during the week. So, because it was the family car. And it had bucket seats in the front with the, you know, slapstick. Mm -hmm. And um, that was our car. And my dad washed it every weekend, and it was a beauty. And when I got my license in 1975, I learned how to drive on that car. Wow. And that car had 7,000 miles on it. Wow. Well, that's why you're such a hot rider. <laughs> I am a hot rider. But I was, you know, I tell a story all the time. I was always a Chevy girl because my first car when I graduated school uh, my grandmother bought me my cousin's car, which was a 72, 71, 71 uh, Dodge Challenger RT. Wow. With the white racing stripes, 383. And my dad was like, oh, Dodge, such a piece of crap. So, <laughs> so I've had a friend who loved the Dodge car, you know, it was the seventies. So I put, you know, white first seats and it had white, white vinyl seats, but I put white first seat covers in it. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was the seventies. I have to keep prefacing that. <laughs> and he had a 68 Camaro SS convertible. Oh, gosh. And he says, do you want to trade? And I go, yes, I do. <laughs> now, if you remember, in the mid-70s, there was a gas shortage. Right. Right? Oh, yeah. Odd even days. Now, wow. I come home with a 454, you know, car. And my dad opens the hood and he goes, oh, my God. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, Dad, all I do is I, you know, I take the bus to school, to college. I go to college, I take the bus, and uh, I only drive it pretty much at night. And on the weekends, it'll be fine. So he did not like it. It had headers, and it had, at the time, they used to call them N60 tires on the back. With oh, radio. yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Oh, it was, so I'm funny, telling John, you. And it, was, uh, it had a Hurst four-speed. Oh, my God, that car was so fast. I was a hot girl back then. So <laughs> anyway, that was my baby. And um, so I was always a Chevy girl. And then, of course, Carol Shelby came along. Yeah. And I became a Ford girl. 
Thank God for Carol, eh, Mike? Yeah, John, I was going to say about the game. What was the popular car back then? The Mustang 2s. That's right. Yes. That's right. And, and by the way, here's a tidbit. So I had a boyfriend, and his name was Larry, and he had a Mustang 2. And he taught me how to drive stick. Yeah, that's a good car to learn on. It's a nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> appreciate that kind of I'm going to write that, that down in my memoirs that Amy Boylan learned how to drive. <laughs> that's it. I'm writing that down. Mike. No, but it's Amy, true. Not, it, look, in the 70s, though, I mean, that you, there, were, there was glass ceilings for you to break. But you were, I mean, I, I heard, and I don't know if this is, maybe you can bust this, this myth about you, is that you were kind of like, you were working on the website at Mattel. You, you, you had this little nerd angle with you. You wanted to... to figure out a better way to market um, their product. And by, I mean, a web work is was rare for women. I mean, forget being president of Shelby or Celine, or I'm talking about, you know, launching that website back then at Mattel. I mean, that's, that, that not many women were doing that. Well, you know, I'll tell you the Mattel story as quick as I can. So I was actually started my career at a banking company in the uh, at midnight to eight, answering phones and approving credit cards online. I was 23 years old. And then they had these mainframe computers with that glowy orange screen. And I thought they were fascinating. So I wanted to get into the computer room, but it was all men. Yeah. There were no women. Right. And so I kept applying and I kept applying. And after two years, I was pretty much the most knowledgeable one, they had to hire me. So first they put me in this in and out department where everything went in and out. So back then they had the big tapes and you know it was all um, credit card statements and you had to be able to lift 60 pounds at a time to put them on these wow. you know, big carts. And I did it better than anybody, let me tell you. And I worked every shift and every holiday and I worked all the overtime nobody wanted and then I was applying for communications because I wanted to learn about that. Yeah. Well, they would fire me. And then they made me, this is my favorite story, because the lines were all under the raised floor. So in order to get the communication job, I had to claw, I had to crawl 60 feet under the floor, grab a cable and bring it back. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure the guys didn't do that. But I had to do that because I learned later you could just pick up the tile where the connector was. Right? Oh, wow. But they made me crawl. So yeah. I did it. And I wasn't thin, but I wasn't heavy. But I did it anyway. And they had to give me the job. And then I made it through into operations. And then all of a sudden, PCs came out. And I I became the head of the help desk. That was a new term in, I want to say, 94, 95. Yeah. And so um, I became the head of the help desk on PCs. And then from there, my folks moved to Florida. And Ray and I, we went to Florida. And I got a job for a software company that mm -hmm. I don't know if you know, is called Softkey which was the first company Kevin O'Leary ever owned. Oh, be darn. Wow. And I got into video games. And then I stayed in video games until Mattel 
hired me to build a video game division for them. And I went from hardcore games like NBA Jam and WWF, um, WWE. And I went from all those games and aliens and uh, civilization to Barbie hair and makeup. <laughs> Mike, you can't make this stuff up. I'm just now, it's, uh, it's now, just crazy. I never knew the Kevin O'Leary story. So you, you knew him then, Amy? It's true. Kevin O'Leary was my first boss in video games. So how was he? Was he all right? Oh, he was a horrible man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, walked, I walked into his office once because he only visited. So him and I shared an office and I walked into the office one day and he's saying to some guy, listen, you know, in this really tough, tough accent, listen, you will do this or I will come over there and pull your heart out through your throat. <laughs> <laughs> so Mike, I, was like, I need to learn look for another job <laughs> so mike mike do you think that that had any bearing on when amy after she had all these wonderful careers and wound up going to shelby making magic happen there and then really taking celine and and recreating it and then you working for her, did she bring in any of that O'Leary management style to you? No. <laughs> no, me and Amy have gotten along very, very well. I mean, like I said, before I even started there, and we just clicked really well together, and I think we worked really well. And the, the best thing about it is when you have the same mentality like that, we kind of know our ideas that whatever either one of us do, we know that's what the other one would back up as well. So it was very easy to proceed with, with that thought and uh, security in your mind. Well, and, you know, truly, John, I, you know, I don't think I overmanaged. I really think that, you know, if I thought people were competent, I gave them enough room to run and do whatever yeah. they wanted to do. I agree. I agree. If, 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 you know, if somehow it wasn't working, I pulled the rope in a little bit. But, you know, I, I will tell you one famous story at Shelby. I won't mention any names, but. So I had this guy and he was working and he wasn't working out and he was very talented, very smart. And, and, but he wasn't in the right job and, mm -hmm. and he didn't have the, he didn't have the, I don't know, the ability to relate to other people, you know, and get along with right. other staff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I sat him down one day and I said, uh, why don't you put together a little bit of a proposal? Because you like deck and you're very good at detail. Why don't you put together a proposal and tell me where you think you fit in in the company? Because I wanted him to stay in the company. I was just trying to find a better fit for him. And uh, so he writes this proposal and I'm reading the proposal. He's sitting across from me at my desk at Shelby. And I look up at him and I said, so you think you can do my job? <laughs> and I said, buddy, you have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> well, no. well, now let, we're going to have to let you in on a secret, Amy. Um, after you left Shelby, um, the world, the automotive world has its own kind of underground and you know especially the journalists and, and the people in the in the hobby and the and the club world that mike completely totally gets and understands 
there's everybody's got a reputation. And when you came to Celine, just your name uh, being there that like, oh, my God, that was just so good news to everyone because they know you were a straight shooter. You had you've got great ideas. You know how to market. You, you love cars. It just you being associated with the Celine business changed the, the whole perspective that people had of Celine. And that was on you. That was just because you had such a strong reputation and still do Amy. So no matter what you're planning to do um, or, you know, how you want to spend your upcoming months, you carry that with you. And that's kind of a, I mean, I don't know if you knew well, that, but that's true. I, I appreciate, I appreciate you saying that because, you know, Look, I there I've made mistakes. Look, everybody makes mistakes because no matter how far I get in business or how old I get, there are things I can always do better as well. But I would like to think that you know, anything that I've done wrong or I didn't do right or I hurt somebody's feelings that you know, I would make up for it some way. Um and I appreciate you saying that because I do believe you only have one name. And if you screw it up, you're done, you know, <laughs> and no matter how big the automotive business is, it's very tiny when it comes to your reputation. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when I went to, when I went to Celine, it was not very welcoming outside the company. I mean, you know, I, I talked to Mark Fields and he was like, Oh, no way, no way, no way. He says, you know, Steve owns all this money to dealers. And I said, look, we're working on that. And Steve knows that. Steve will do the right thing and I will make sure it gets done. And we paid every dealer back. And because some of the dealers were complaining to Ford and we took care of that right away. It was job one to do that. So, you know, I, look, sometimes, you know, these big guys at the top, like Steve and Carol, they, they're never in the minutiae. You know, right. they're always 12 clouds above. <laughs> they're never in the day-to-day minutiae. And so it's hard for them because they're so many. And on many levels, Steve is, and I, I know I'll get pushed back from Shelby people, but the truth is on many levels, Steve is as brilliant as Carol. And, and in some ways, even more brilliant because Carol for the time Carol grew up and what Carol knew at the time, he was so far ahead of the curve. Yeah. And Steve, he was the biggest fan of Carol Shelby. He was the number one uh, guy who joined the LA fan club for Carol Shelby. He was the first guy to join the Carol Shelby fan club in LA. Oh, wow. And the first car he raced was a Shelby GT350. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you know he it's there's no there's no competition there steve was always a big fan of carol's now and they both they both had their own egos you know i i think i count blessings every day that i got carol when he was older because i could barely keep up with him when he was 85 <laughs> <laughs> No, you have no idea. Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah, I mean, he, I always counted myself lucky that I could work twice as hard as everybody and longer than everybody. Mm-hmm. I, at Shelby and Celine, put in 100-hour weeks. And I was okay with it because I very much enjoy what I do. And yeah, that, 
on you, top. You could but, tell that, Amy. You could tell that. And I think when Mike joined your team, um, he you know he appreciated that. That's a that's a not only just the work ethic part, but the fact that you when you put those kinds of hours in your job, you you know all the angles. You, I mean, you are covering oh, yeah. all the bases. You know that, and that's that's why you're so good at the brand building. And we were going to ask you. Um, so when if Mike and I ever decided to go off in different directions in this wonderful hobby, would there be any chance with, you know, with Mike's great connections to you and my old past with you uh, that you could help us do brand building? Absolutely. You Mike, make that phone call to me and I'm there to help. <laughs> Mike, I think I think Amy's got a lot of tricks left up her sleeve. <laughs> She's not, she ain't quitting anytime soon. No, no, I'm not. I mean, look, even now I consult and I probably put in 50, 60 hours and I'm consulting. Oh, wow. Wow. But, you know, I will tell you, I'll tell you something about Carol. Carol was so ahead of the curve. The problem with Carol in his 80s was that he couldn't do day to day anymore. And he also had so many ideas he wanted to pack in before, you know, he met his maker that it was hard to keep up with him. And he would literally, because he slept, this was the downfall with Carol. Mm -hmm. He slept two hours a night, two hours. Okay. Yeah. Every other other night at three in the morning, I was, I would get a call (laughs) and I would have a pad, a a pen and pen and bed <laughs> by my bed and, and he would call me up and he'd go Amy I got an idea <laughs> and I'd be like all right all right I'm gonna write down the title and then I'll call you back at 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well see that that's that's all famous that's but Amy that you know when you talk about that that's because a lot of people don't you know he he wasn't running on NOS parts he was still yeah, it's a miracle that guy had all oh that my energy. God. Oh, I mean, no, just, I mean, he took a, a hundred, he took a hundred pills a day. Yeah. Um, you know, he was he was he literally slept two hours a night. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine no. what he was like in his thirties and forties. Yeah. See, and the only person I know like that is Mike Ray sells cars at four in the morning. I don't. I don't know. How he does. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sleeping. I, I've got other things to do. <laughs> but that's why, Amy. It's just so wonderful to hear your voice and to know that you're you're still in it to win it with all your consulting work. We're so pleased that you've taken some time out tonight to talk with us. And we're, we're not kidding. We're you know there's um there's so much happening in the car world with the EVs happening and. Uh, so many of us who have grown up like you have with muscle cars in the 70s and the late 60s, uh, we want to create something for that group as well. So we're going to be talking in the future. And I just can't thank you enough for taking time out and answering Mike Raven. Oh. Thanks for talking to us tonight. No, no, no. I, I appreciate it. By the way, speaking of EVs, have you guys seen that new bull exhaust for electric vehicles? Yes. I just heard about that today. Yes. Uh, I- See, I'm ahead of you the curve, Mike. You better catch yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> it is amazing. You guys should watch the video. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Amy, you're always on top of things. And I again, I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Amy Boylan, for joining us. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us here on the Mustang Owners Podcast. So until next time, we will catch you down the road.